You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with episode 75. Episode 75. So... They have that new poker room down in Clear Lake area of Houston. I went. We I, we talked about. It, I think last podcast. Yes, I think we talked that you were gonna go or that you did go. I did go, and you know how I wonder if they kind of listened to this podcast. You remember how I said I just it was nice. I didn't like the valet parking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Guess what? Went there. No valet parking. <laughs> yeah, they're like we're paying extra for this, and people don't even like it. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Because <laughs> I was like, uh, on the way there, I like look at my wallet, and I'm like, okay, well, do I have ones to tip the driver? I'm like, God, of course, my like lowest bill is a 20. Yeah, I was about to say, if you're bringing ones to the poker room, it's going to be a tough night, probably. Uh, yeah, well, I mean. Definitely a must-win situation. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I brought in ones, it's a must-win situation. <laughs> so I see nothing, and then I'm like, cr- God's like, God, what a... So I pull up, and then I was like, I saw uh, cars in the front, and then I saw, oh, it didn't have that big sign that says valet only. And I was like, oh, there's no valet, period. I'm sure other people complained. A hundred percent. I mean, like, there are times that I don't mind it. If it's in, like, a sketchy area, Barrier Boulevard, not that sketchy, and the parking's pretty transparent. I mean, it was super nice at Prime whenever they were jam-packed in the parking lot. Loved it then. Well... People sometimes have to have, like, extra money in their car, I assume. And you don't want a stranger in the your car. I find that so super weird to have valet at a place where there's a good chance you might have a decent amount of money in your car. Yeah, I mean, but do they still have it as an option or just not at all? I didn't see it at all. Mm. Okay, well, I, I didn't mean. didn't look, but, uh, but I go in there. It was a... Uh, they did have a 1-3 No Limit Hold'em game going this time. And I go in. It's a pretty fun table. There's a, a couple people that I played with back in the, like, like 10 plus years ago playing. And we get in there, and I get some pretty good starting hands. Uh, but it's mostly just raise it up, C-bet, take it down. Uh, and kind of whittle down, up and down for a little bit. And then I get into a... Pretty interesting hand. I uh, I get ace ten of clubs, and I'm like I think I'm under the gun plus one. I raise it, I think to twenty. I meant to do fifteen, but actually threw another five out there. But people are raising to twenty anyways, no big deal. The big blind calls, and we go to a flop of nine nine three. How many clubs? One club. That's not what you're hoping for with Ace-10. <laughs> Ooh, I kind of thought it was a good flop for Ace-10. What was it? 9-9-3. I mean, I'm definitely not high-fiving anyone, but... I mean, it's super dry. I think Ace... I think the majority of the time, Ace-high is good here. Okay. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm not thrilled to see it, but okay. Mm, thanks for that in-depth analysis there. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it's a good C-betting board, I guess. You're going to get called a lot, but... Yeah, uh, which I'm fine with. I mean, like, there's a lot of... Like, I'm beating a lot of ace highs that would call here. I think there's a lot of floats because it 
Oh yeah, like I said, you're gonna get floated a lot here. Uh, I think it's a standard like down bet him call kind of thing, and then evaluate the turn, right? I bet twenty five. He probably just snap calls, right? He calls. Yeah. Uh, the turn is a seven of clubs, giving me the nut flush draw. Now I'm getting my high five ready. Okay. <laughs> say, uh, this now it's a good you know now I would classify as a pretty good turn for you. So he checks. So now I can do two things that I think both have merit. I can check and take a free card, or I can bet and target. Like I was kind of betting to target like hand like. Pocket sixes, pocket fives, pocket fours, pocket eights, something like that. What sizing would you go with if you were going to bet? I don't know if you do bet, but what sizing would you go with? Well, I'll tell you the, what I did go with. Okay, was, I, I was leaning toward the bet anyway myself. Uh, I bet 55 Okay, I mean, yeah, $5 give or take. I was going to say 60 but okay. I like that, that bet, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it does target a lot of things that maybe... Get some broadways out of there that do have equity, maybe. Uh, and I think uh, I can get some pocket pairs to fold. Because I guess if you go too big, you're only getting called by better. But I think that's a good enough size that, like, the pocket pairs get out of there. Yeah. Uh, so he calls. The river is great. I spike a queen of clubs. I was about to say. <laughs> um, and are you in position or out of position here? I am in position. Okay, and how much do you have left in your stack? Uh, I had him covered. He had 172 left. Oh, I mean, this and, is uh, this is going all in every time, I think, even if he jams it on you, right? Oh, 100%. He checks. I snap all in. He snap calls and flips over 9-7 off for a turn full house. Like I said, hold the high fives. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The high fives, no more. Uh, That's a, a super cooler. Yeah, it was. I mean, it like a, this is just a cooler. It's a, maybe not the most interesting hand. Uh, the only interesting decision point to me was the turn. Yeah, uh, it's like that weird situation though with like his stack size is like it's enough to where like I wouldn't normally bet that amount, but since it's all he has left, I like that you went for all of it there. Yeah, I mean. Well, because the, the pot at that point would have been, what is it, 40 to the flop, 50-90. So, I mean, it's a less than pot size bet. Yeah, but I know how but, some people can get distracted and maybe bet 100 bucks, 125 and leave that person with some a few dollars back whenever they w- would have called both. Yeah. I think uh, it's just good practice in general, just um, to go for all all in there. Yeah, a lot. I mean, I don't mind. The river, like, once the river happens, that hand plays itself uh, pre-flop and flop. Like I say, I can maybe check the turn and take the free card, but that seems very results-oriented as well to say that on that. I mean, if he folds that turn, it's a great move. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, the next hand, I okay, so I add on for 200 in, instantly. Before I'm dealt the next hand. The very next hand, I'm I'm dealt ace-king. Uh, I lead out for 15. I think I'm under the gun. It uh, goes around. There hasn't been a lot of three-betting. And this quiet guy uh, makes it 45. <laughs> okay. I, was trying to descri- I was trying to find a better description. But, Is uh, he, what's it called? Has he been playing aggressively has he been playing a lot of hands not a lot of hands 
Uh, he plays <laughs> fairly. He plays fairly often. Yeah, he's not like a super net or anything. Okay, I feel like that paints a better picture than a quiet guy. But... Probably so. Yeah, that was that was not the best description. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, okay. So he is in there battling. It's not like someone's sitting there watching it on their iPad or something. Yeah, exactly. So it comes back around to me. This is probably a mistake here. I just jam all in. Huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, wait. So what happened? <laughs> he makes it 45, comes around to me. I annoyingly just jam all in. I mean, I just got coolered. I'm like, well, uh, two things. One, I got cooler than this is frustration. Number two, I can make it act like it is more frustration than it is. Uh, but I guess, it, like, I didn't realize what he had at that point. He had he had $179. Uh, Counting the 45 he just bet? It, I mean, if I four bet, I guess I have to do this anyway. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I love a four bet here, so. Yeah, uh, so... I mean, that means that I didn't even realize what he had behind him. I was just like, whatever. And then I really kind of realized, I'm like, well, if I just, if it went from 45 to 350 and I get called, I'm probably not good. <laughs> it's, uh, but, so he flips over, I flip over Ace King instantly. He flips over one Ace. The flop comes, nothing for me. Turn, nothing for me. River, nothing for me. And then he waits for a while after the river. And then flips over the other ice. Lovely. Yeah, I was super happy about it. Uh, so I get, I get, I get kind of two coolers back to back. And I was got very, very harshly slow rolled. And I take my chips and just head on out of there. That <laughs> was kind of a, I don't know, I was very... Uh, I would say rightfully annoyed. Yeah, I mean, just... Come on, just flip it over. I mean, if you're on the right side of co- of a cooler, y- you know what? You should be happy enough that you're just not a dick about it. So it is what it is. People are gonna, you know, be certain ways at the poker table. Um, but uh, I was I was less than thrilled about the whole situation. I mean, ended up with another weird situation. So a player comes in to my left, buys in for a hundred. And I'm like, okay. I saw I had at that point I had quite a few chips. Get a hundred, give it to him while while they're getting the hundred because he was in a hand. But after the hand, he moves to another table. <laughs> I mean, and I go like ten to fifteen minutes or whatever, and I'm like, are they bring that guy the hundred back because I'm uh kind of. I, I kind of would like that. Uh, and I mean, the, I think the guy to my right who was playing work there, and he's like, he's like, did he give him? 100? I was like, yeah, and he got it all taken care of. But it's very weird to give a guy a hundred dollars that they're going to bring him and watch him move to the other table without mentioning anything. <laughs> It'd be even better if he uh, what's called just went and cashed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and just at the at the cage up there, just like, oh no, I just doubled up. Thanks. I'm like. I think I might not be doing this anymore. Uh, so it was kind of... I mean, that Capri Poker Room, it's a pretty nice room. I feel for places that are starting, because I can just see a lot of the challenges. Like, the one guy who did this has been there the other time I was there, and it seems like he's like a reg like all the time. And he plays with a friend who's 
friend or brother. They look related. Uh, and I'm like, these two guys kind of suck the fun out of the game by, like, slamming the cards down, doing just weird stuff, slow rolling. I mean, if you're a, a poker room that's getting kind of trying to get, you know, these cash games up and running, and your regs are doing that, that's got to be a super tough uh, deal. Because it's nothing so bad you can tell someone not to play there. But it's bad enough that it's horrible for the gang. I mean, bad enough to where, like, I would think if you... Obviously, every time you go to play, you gotta you debate where you're going to go, right? Right. That has to play a factor, at least a little bit. If you normally go at the same time and you play with... The, if you go to the same room all the time at the same time, most of the time it's the same people. Same general crowd, right? Right. So if you know that... You know, I don't even know who... You, I'm sure I know who the who slow rolled you, but um, if you know that there's a possibility of that person being there or a different room, you might lean toward the other room that time. A hundred percent. Like I'm not a super big fan of space. I mean, I like I think they run the room well. I just think the place is for a poker room not super nice. But I tell you what, I'd be more apt to go there uh, if I were back in Clear Lake today or something. Because I mean. If if there's going to be people like that, it just sucks the fun out of the game. It becomes kind of a crappy game just all the way around. Everybody gets kind of tight, nitty. It's kind of it's not enjoyable. It, Here's the one thing I've noticed, though. When people start doing that, when the super fish come in and lose their money, there's always that moment where they debate rebuying. And I feel like if the game is like that, they'd say no and walk away. Uh, I saw two or three do that. That's That's what I've noticed. Not so much like... I mean, I don't know. I guess whenever you play poker, like kind of like how we do, um, I guess it kind of loses some of the fun in itself. Just you know, if you do something so much, um, but when you're there for fun, for actual your nightly entertainment, and it's not fun at all, I can see how those players will then leave. Yeah, they, yeah. they always do the thing with like they put their hand on their wallet or like they they have the money in their hand. They're like debate. You know, there's always that little debate of like, ooh, I shouldn't have lost that money, but. Do I want? Do I want to keep playing? There's always that, right? Oh, yeah. There's always that moment, and then I always kind of look back on like, if you were that player, well, you got up and left too. I mean, yeah. I mean, that was one of those. Like, I would have definitely been playing for that. I mean, I still had two hundred dollars left in my stack. I mean, I had no intention of uh, leaving at that point. I went and played poker after that, but yeah. I was like, well, this is gonna be the environment. It's just not the environment that I want to be a part of. And so, yeah, you're right. Like, and I mean, new newer players even more so because I mean they're not used to it as much as well. So they take the losses harder along with that. I have a good slow roll story for you that you probably haven't even heard. What's that? Um, this was at Old Champions, right? I'll just give you the gist of it. Okay. But um, I three bet some guy four bet me. I had pocket kings. I I go all in. He snap calls. I turn over kings. He's like, oh, I should have gone home. The flop comes, nothing, no ace, no, nothing. He's like, yep, I should have gone home. And it was like for probably like maybe like fifteen hundred dollar pot, something like that. He's like, oh, should have, you know. He's standing up or whatever. River comes, nothing. And he's like, oh man, yep, I should have. I knew I should have left, and then rolled over aces. God damn. Oh god, that's a thousand times worse than mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, for way more money. I mean, just. Wow, I mean, did he, did he ever do anything to even justify what he was saying? No. 
I didn't even uh, know him. I, I mean, I've never even seen him before, so. God damn, man. Uh, it is, like, you know, we're, we're you know, we work as professionals. We're never going to, you know, go crazy or do anything like that. But I tell you what, some of these people, they don't know who they're doing that to <laughs> at a poker table. That is some ballsy shit right there. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah, especially at Old Champion, because it seemed like a place <laughs> where something could go down. <laughs> Yeah, that's a uh, wow. Oh God, that that is a horrific uh, slow roll sk- uh, story. But so I I pack up and I go and I call you on the way. I'm like, well, if you if you want to go play tonight, I'll uh, I'll go play. If not, I'm probably just gonna go home. Uh, and we go to Doghouse. It's a uh, which a kind of a pretty lively. It, like it was kind of shorthanded until we got there. But a very, I would say, kind of deep-stacked, lively game. It was definitely one I was glad to be a part of. Yeah, for sure. Uh, once we uh, get in there, uh, there's one guy who's got a, just a ton of money in there. Seems like he's been drinking, having a good time. Uh, everyone else is like probably around 400 or so. I mean, three or 400. Uh, let me see. What? Go over your hand first, because you had the most significant first hand, I think. Uh, my first hand I had, I had ace-king. Um, the flop comes king-high. Um, like, king-six, maybe ten. And um, I bet pretty big. There was two diamonds. I bet pretty big guy calls. I was like, okay. The turn was a complete brick, no flush draw. He checks. I'm thinking, well, he most likely on a flush draw here. So I actually size up to 100 out of position. Okay. He calls the 100. I'm like, oh, boy. The river bricks the flush draw on all the draws. So I was like, well, the only way I'm going to maybe get anything is just a snap pick off a bluff here. So I checked it over to him, and then he doesn't bluff. He just checks it back with a missed flush draw. This is the one where you're like, I just had to give him a chance to bet. Yeah. And everybody was super confused at the table, it seemed like, about... Yeah, well, I also didn't say it that loudly, so I feel like people might yeah. have... You know, they were trying to hear what I was saying, but I was also not talking very loudly. Yeah, it was a... Uh, I mean, a couple people were like, well, he didn't have anything. He's not calling anything. I was like, well, that's the po- like that's the point of Tyler saying that... I mean, why he didn't bet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, y'all are, y'all are very much justifying this play. Uh, Which I can get behind. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, so that, I thought that was an interesting hand. I was like, all right, you know, we're up and rolling now. Then I get ace-queen almost immediately after. Um, I raise it up pre-flop. Guy to my left calls. I think like one or two other people call. Say, shoot, you might have even been in there. Maybe. I, I, I remember seeing it from the perspective. I don't remember if I was on the flop or not. Um, flop comes ace, nine, like seven, I think, with two hearts. Okay. No, two two uh, clubs. Um, I had no clubs. Um, I size up pretty big here because I was thinking that there's a lot that could probably call me. I agree with this. And the player type we were playing with um, – Seemed like he would call it. He seemed very call-happy kind of guy. 100%. Um, so I size up pretty big. He calls. 
Um, so it goes heads up to the turn. Yes. Okay. The turn is a brick, but it kind of makes some weird, like, not sh- like straight draws available to where I was kind of like, well, I think it was like a 10 maybe. So it was like 9, 10, A7 or something. Okay. And I was like, well, and there was two flush draws. And I was like, well, I'm pretty sure he's on the um, the clubs, but this is my time to size up. And I go to look and I see he only has like, I was going to bet like 125. Uh-huh. But I saw he only had like 200 behind. And I was like, well. I'm just going to ship it here because if the flush draw bricks, he's never putting a dollar in. This player is definitely not bluffing on river, but he'll probably pay to see a flush. So I ship it all in. He snap calls and has ace nine for flop two pair. And um, yeah, I get nothing on the river. So this is one that I was kind of, I mean, I was very confused in the moment because your bet was so big on the turn. And then I, yeah, like I, once I started realizing his stack size, it made a lot more sense because I was like, well, because I mean, it was over pot size bet on the turn. Yes, but that was because yeah. I like I had counted out my chips and looked at his chips and then realized that this is what needs to happen. Yeah, because I mean, it turns it, out it's exactly opposite what needed to happen. No, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. it's a uh, but I, I like once you once I kind of looked at it, I was like, well. Like you say, I mean, if all the flush draws and all that, I mean, the weaker aces. If the I don't remember the turn being a ten. I think that's kind of a tough card there because it does make so many kind of weird two pairs. But it, maybe it wasn't a ten. Maybe it just brought in the backdoor flush draw. Yeah, I think I do remember that it did bring in. The no, no, that flush that draw. it did do. Yeah. But I just I thought it also brought in some weird straight draws, but maybe not. It's a. Uh, but I don't know. Once once I started looking at it, I was like, "Well, this guy's kind of a." Uh, you're, you, I mean, if you're gonna bet at all, it's gonna like pot committing. I mean, it just was gonna happen regardless at that point. And then what's gonna happen if a diamond or non diamond comes and he ships it for fifty bucks, sixty bucks into five hundred? Yeah. So once I once I realized, I think I I think I really do like your bet. I think it was just you know a giant cooler when you have ace queen versus ace nine. He flops two pair. I don't know. I was having such a hard time kind of discerning if it was a cooler or if I just overplayed my hand or if it was just a mix of a cooler and a bad read or bad play and a bad read or an overplay and a bad read. I don't know about that one. Uh, that one still has me kind of thinking if you're thinking uh, maybe you could bet like half pot and I don't know no no I don't like that I don't like the half pot so is it just a checker all in I don't know given I know his hand I really hate the situation (laughs) (laughs) Um, like I I like the bet I do feel like you do have to have bet I mean but I mean there's so many bad rivers for you yeah I mean I guess I like the bet it makes it easier to play but well, super easy. Just, I mean, you, you go. go all in all the time. It's very easy, but that's my a... specialty. <laughs> that's how I let the skill take over. Yeah, that's where I like it. That's what, that's how I like it. I'm Mr. Gambler Gambler. <laughs> uh, I thought that was interesting. I thought that turn bet was very, I mean, very polarizing on your part, it seems like. Uh, but yeah, so that was that hand. And then I played some other PLO ones, which as per usual, had were riddled with blunders and um, lost some money there. And then 
um, I think I won a hand somewhere along the way to get some money back. And then I ended up, I actually only, so I ended up making $200 back off my rebuy. That's nice. That was nice. I mean, it seemed like you had a lot of, you're doing a real good job playing aggressively and taking a lot of pots down without a showdown. I couldn't tell if you had it or if you were bluffing. Oh. But I remember like two or three where I'm like, where I mean, it was like a $250, $300 bet on the river and you took it down. And I was like, I mean, either Tyler's got the absolute stone cold nuts or he's got nothing. And I'm like, there's a lot more nothing than stone cold nuts. Yeah, I did have nothing a few times. But that does remind me of an interesting hand, though. So let me, let's go over this one before we get into your hands. I mean, you take your time because they are freaking light. <laughs> are they? I thought, okay. Uh, <laughs> I get dealt pocket aces in the big blind. Okay. I make it 20. We see the flop three ways. Um, the flop comes all clubs, king high. Okay. I actually have the ace of clubs. Recreational player donks 20 into me. Okay. I raise him to 100. Other guy folds. Guy calls. The turn is the queen of clubs giving me the nuts. Okay, very nice. So my theory, my thought in general, because whenever he bet, he like you know obviously did like the card check and everything, and then called the hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Was he had a good club here? Okay. So I bet two twenty five. Not even pot. Okay. Um, and he folds. He said he only had top pair of king. He just didn't want a club to come. And I was like, God, dude, that means the club saved. <laughs> yeah, that was a. Uh... I mean, it made my hand way better, but I mean, I think you played this very well. I tell you where I like where you played this is the the flop, the twenty to a hundred. I mean, sometimes, like I'm not the best when I have like a pair and flush draw because I mean you have so much equity, but you have so much showdown value. So, I think I might just call here. So this, I'm sure, in 1-3 has literally nothing to do with anything. But okay. I do think it matters um, sometimes. Um, in situations where I'm the preflop raiser and someone donks into me like that, and I have a hand like that, oftentimes I'll raise them big to regain the betting lead, one, and later to uh, incentivize them to donk into me like that when I'm in position. I think it helps in regaining the betting lead. I do believe that. That's as far sure. as donking into you, I I don't know that, that people are just that. I think as you move up in stakes, though, if you does, donk into yeah. someone and someone blasts you out of your seat with a giant check raise, or not check raise, just raise, Right. you definitely might play a role later on that night. Uh, well, yeah, especially with... Because I, most as you go up in stakes, there's fewer and fewer donk leads, right? Hundred percent, which is why I yeah. think it was such a sign of disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, it was. A, I think you so, played that really well on the flop, which is why I love donking into you. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the only big hand I remember is that PLO hand where you bet and then I potted it with second nuts. Yeah, that was sad for me. I had double suited aces, which I blunders didn't raise pre flop or three bet pre flop. I flopped a gutter and a flush draw. 
a gutter and a flush. It was draw. like uh, Ace A seven eight or something, or yeah. eight nine. Like yeah, that. I didn't know what you had. I knew that I had most likely the best hand right there, and I knew that it was going to get shittier and shittier to play the entire like what like as it came out because you know it's all going to be over cards. They're going to make some type of weird straight or flush draw. So I was like, well, I'm just getting it all in here and then calling it good. What do you do if you're me with that hand? If the dynamics were different and you were playing, let's um, say I'm just a random. yeah, just yeah, someone else who pots it there. And you have what? What is your hand? Uh, double suited aces with the. You had sevens. I had set of sevens. So I must have had. It was like, was it queen ten seven or no? No, I had middle set. I remember that. So it was queen seven. I had a gutter. It was like queen seven three or something. No, I had a gutter. Uh, I had like six five six or something. Uh, it might have been five then. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know the the yeah. last card was under a seven. Yeah, that middle set. So I had a gutter with, uh, and then a a flush draw. The I mean, front door flush draw, and, and you, aces. You have a nut flush draw and yep. a gutter ball, and then you your two aces would be live because if yeah. ace would actually make a set. I mean. You can't be behind that much. That's what I was thinking. I mean... Because I have four for the gutter, two of the aces. I guess it might be a call in that case. I, I, like, if you're not behind that much... Would you call or would you ever just all in there? Oh, I think it's definitely an all in. Well, yeah. it's If you're going to call, it's definitely going to be an all in. Okay, that's what uh, I was thinking. Like, at least with what my stack size was. I think you had me covered by quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, because I mean, mine mine was enough to commit me to all in. Basically, it was like two fifty or, I mean, it was like at a hundred behind, so it's definitely all in. <laughs> it's uh, uh, I don't think I don't think the fold is that bad either, though, because I do feel like you're you're never good there. You're just never that far behind. Yeah, I mean, I guess given the circumstances, I folded, but it was an interesting spot for me for sure. Yeah, I did not realize you were that strong. Like, when I did it, I was... But, I mean, I still make the same move because I have really no other choice. But, it's, I did not really... I did not put you at that strong. The, uh... So, that was pretty much it. I, I'll i take a little bit away from my previous doghouse the the day before. And, uh, like, I guess I'll just go in general terms. I won't go, like, hand breakdown. But I've noticed myself making a lot of calls that are way too light. It, trying to bluff catch people in 1-3 is, unless you have a really good reasoning to do it, is just a really bad move. And I noticed myself catching catching myself doing it quite a bit. It's weird because I over bluff, and then, which leads to downswings, and you over call, hero call, which leads to downswings. Yeah, I think it might be a frustration thing when you're just not making any hands, and then finally you make a hand, and it might be a. It's sometimes it might be a pretty decent hand, but like the only thing they're betting with is representing something that beats you, and you make that like like I say, I've noticed myself making this uh, mistake quite a bit. And I think it's kind of leading to some pretty pretty bad play. Um, for me, I think. It seems so boring to when people just say to beat one three and one two, you just make good hands and bet and fold and overfold. I'm like, 
have to be making some sort of moves or doing something. Like, there's no way you can just play such a simple game, and which then makes you want to try to bluff and hero call and, you know, do old check raise and all this crazy stuff. But tell you what, you should do it. <laughs> so, I mean, should keep it as simple as possible. Um, I do notice those things kind of pay off as you know the players you play against get better. But I mean, it just it seems so weird to show up and just be like, well, I'm just gonna if I get good hands, I'm gonna win tonight. If I don't, I'm gonna lose. And over the long run, I'm gonna win because I'm playing better cards, right? Folding. Yeah, I mean, but so- it just it seems like it. I don't want to say out of your control because it's very much in your control because you're playing good pre-flop hands and folding and making, you know, good bets. But not going for it with like a fancy river bluff or hero call. I don't want to say boredom, but kind of. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's... Like, you know, well, I, kinda... I think the I think the bluff is way... Well, I don't know. The hero call and the hero bluff like on the bluffs are very tough in 1-3 because people are like, well, people don't bluff in 1-3. They're not good enough. Well... If players are not good enough to fold top pair to even gigantic river bets, I mean, you should not be... Bl- I mean, you can't... If you bluff a player who it's not in their ability to fold top pair, then at that point, it's not on that player. It's on you, right? Oh, yeah. And I hear you say this all the time, at least once a month. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, 100%. Tyler's like, I'm going to keep on trying, though. <laughs> Uh, and I mean, players don't, don't really bet that light in one three. So the call, I mean, in the, like I say, if they're not bluffing that much, then, I mean, you're, I mean, if you bet your good hands, they're going to pay you off and you're not paying them off on their good hands. I mean, and you're playing better preflop hands. Oh, it's just, you're just going to print money. Just print money. Uh, that being said, (laughs) it's one thing to read the manual and know on how to do it. On how to fix a car, it's another thing to fix a car. So, I mean, you are kind of, you know, everybody, everybody gets into, knows what to do, but then reverts to bad habits here and there. Yeah, 100%. I mean, can't agree more. Yeah. and I mean, and then you play PLO and you might as well. I mean, I think it would be faster to get the money and actually burn it than it is how fast I can lose in PLO. <laughs> I mean... Uh, it seems like every PLO hands for all the money, and I always have fucking drawing to like second nuts. <laughs> well, don't get it in there drawing to second nuts. That's a bad deal. That's how you lose money quick. I, I that burning money. I'm starting to under, starting to understand that. 100. percent Yeah. I'm always like, why can't I just have a better hand? <laughs> I think you, me, and every other poker player in the world could go with that one. I guess that all your sessions. That's all mine. I mean, that's pretty much it for this week. It's a uh, like I say. I'll, oh, I did have one paramount. It was just I don't even remember the hands. It, I'll just say this: I was playing shorthanded and did not get a single winning hand for like three hours. And I mean, burned. I mean, you want to talk about getting burned to the ground? Oh, I did. Yeah, right. I did play another session at Doghouse. I was we played five, five, ten round of each. Short-handed. God, <laughs> so, so I took no notes. I flopped uh, a set twice in PLO and got gigantic pots. But at the end of the day, I snuck out of there with a $100 profit. I was so shocked, too, because you're <laughs> texting me. And the ones you did text me were just, I mean, just god-awful coolers. Because we, I think we were supposed to play that next day. And I was like, I, Tyler, there's no way he's going to play. 
Because and uh, and then I was real glad to hear that you were able to bounce back and get a profit out of that session. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess on that note, yeah, I guess you're probably gonna play tonight. Uh, probably going to. I'm gonna like I'm gonna be over in Westheimer shooting pool. Uh, we know Tyler's not coming. Yeah, uh, definitely not. No pool. No pool. Yeah, I'll probably either play at 101 Richmond. I haven't played at Prime in freaking forever, so I might go over there and play. Yeah, sounds cool. Well, I guess on that note. This concludes this episode of the Textbook Podcast. Talk to you next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time, and we'll see you next week.